0: is back. The drool king Lotor has returned with a dark energy that can destroy the galaxy. Our only hope? The Voltron Force. A team of five heroic pilots that control five awesome robot lions. When Lotor's monstrous robot beasts attack, the lions come together to form Voltron, Defender of the Universe.
1: Oh! It's Voltron!
0: Welcome Voltron fans, this is another exciting episode of Let's Voltron, the official Voltron podcast, and I have my co-host here with me, Greg Tyler. Welcome, Greg. Well, hello, Mark Morrell. How are you? I'm excited about a few things that are happening in Voltron. Uh, Such as? Well, we heard from the uh, Voltron store just recently Uh that uh, pajama pants are coming.
1: Oh, yeah. So uh, as, as I joked on my personal Facebook page,
0: the Walmart shoppers of the planet Eris will finally have proper dress code. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can now wear Voltron pajama pants to Walmart, right? Woohoo!
1: <laughs> this is not an official endorsement of Walmart, by the way. <laughs> but if the Voltron no. store had a brick and mortar physical, uh, physical retail space, then by golly, you'd be allowed to wear them there. <laughs> yeah,
0: but uh, for those people who already had, like, Rick and Morty, uh, South Park, and other types of uh, pajama pants, uh, well, now, coming soon to the Voltron store, you'll be able to have Voltron pajama pants.
1: That's that's right, and even if you never wear pajama pants for reasons that we don't need to know about,
0: you can start now with Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another cool item, of course, that they have on the Voltron store coming soon uh, from 3 Robo D-O-U Voltron. It's another collectible Voltron, and it's about $299, but you can get on at the Voltron store for only $25 deposit. Yep.
1: And uh, that one looks really nice. It kind of looks like a uh, sort of a hybrid between the Soul of Chogokin and the uh, the larger uh, Blitzway version that uh,
0: was also available for pre-order a while back. Right. So, that that Blitzway, $699. And they recently had it on display at WonderCon. Hmm. That would be neat to see in person.
1: Right. I remember when I first saw the Soul of Chogokin back in... So 2016 at New York Comic-Con that was the one year that I went there. Right. Uh, back with you and Kim and everyone. Yeah. and uh, man, that thing was a sight to see.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's always nice to see a Voltron of any kind at, at the large conventions. Mm-hmm. And the one year they had that that snap together one that you could get from uh, what was that uh, blue blue uh, it- blue fin. Blue Finn, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it was Blue Finn. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's always good. And of course, way back, they had the uh, the sideshow collectible Big Statue Voltron. That was always a good and one. Yeah, yeah and you, uh, you're you able to look at that whenever you feel like it, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty much why I'm not getting the Blitzway Voltron. It's just uh, a little above the price range right now. Yeah, I, I actually
1: have a, a slight, slight bit of personal sad news when it comes to voltron collectibles today i was inspecting my matty collector voltron and i realized that one of the ankle joints had cracked oh Um, no i know it's only about 10 years old so i'm pretty bummed about it the blue lion is of the five lions the blue lion seems to be the one that has the most problems over time and uh that blue lion uh, has a little flip down panel from the underside of the chest that makes kind of a heel Mm -hmm. and uh the plastic surrounding one side of that hinge has uh cracked so the uh the little ankle flippy flops around so uh i gotta figure out how to stand them up so uh it's kind of a bummer i really really
0: like that one Uh, you might have to go to the four lion version of ultron that we had from our last episode review
1: (laughs) think funny thoughts think funny thoughts (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's a bit of a bummer, but uh, I'm sure uh, I'm sure we'll figure something out. At least to have them stand again with a maybe a little, maybe a gigantic doll stand. Who knows? But uh, there you go.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so what else is going on? So those are some exciting things coming for Voltron.
1: Yep. Uh, so if you want, you can get pajamas, and it, it, they'd be a little large. You could put them on that three zero robo do robo dow robo d-o-u voltron if you
0: wanted that 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 could be a thing (laughs) yeah i think they mentioned the sizes that will be available for the pajama pants is small all the way up to 3x all right i can still afford to increase my pizza to intake
1: uh, (laughs) although i probably shouldn't anyway (laughs) yeah so no so we also have an episode review going on tonight right yes we do
0: it's uh it's a very pivotal one don't you think yeah it is in a lot of ways i mean Um, there's a lot of big changes that'll happen as a result of this episode yeah yeah it's a it's it's
1: it's unique i mean it's one of those the show has a few high stakes high tension high action episodes uh and it's uh and it's sadly only one season we're talking about voltron force by the way um and this is one of them it's uh clash of the lions so
0: yeah this is episode 113 Mm -hmm. and in this episode at the beginning they're actually referencing the previous episode
1: yeah and uh before we get into the actual uh, plot uh this was written by brandon sawyer uh i neglected to jot down the story credit but of course the story credit uh story editor throughout is is uh is uh todd garfield right
0: yeah, and the, the, the story on this one was Todd and Jeremy Corey. Okay, good deal.
1: Yep. Uh, directed, as always, by John Delaney and yep. featuring a uh, rather full cast. Yes. Uh, so in addition to the the regulars, Ashley Ball as Allura, Doran Bell Jr. as Vince, uh, Shannon Shankan as Larmina, Andrew Francis as Lance, Ron Halder as Coran, Giles Penton as Keith, Ty Olson as Hunk, Vincent Tong as Daniel and Sam Vincent as Pidge. We have additional voice actors and some of our regulars doing additional voices. So Gary Chalk returns as Sky Marshal Wade and Manset. We have uh, Vince or uh, Sam. I'm sorry. Who does the ghost of Alfor? I was just about to get to that. Two extra voices by Sam Vincent in addition to Pidge, as I'd already mentioned. He also plays King Alfor and Chief Callan of the Lion Riders. So. So right. a full cast and a lot of characters.
0: Yeah. This is always nice when you, you, you get all those coming back all yeah. in one episode. Yeah, these are all returning characters. Uh, no new
1: characters in this episode. But it, it, it has some payoff and development for some of them. So
0: Right. So uh, we're starting off. The setting here is Wade's office. Now, of course, you're talking about Wade's office at the Galaxy Alliance headquarters on Earth. Mm-hmm. OK, so he's dressing himself in a military uniform. He's affixing medals, ribbons, sliding on gloves, all that kind of stuff. And at the same time, he's watching some footage of some, uh, some Voltron stuff going on. And he's talking to himself, but it, it, it doesn't look like he's really talking to himself. It looks like he's more he's talking to his, his pet lion,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? The lion
1: with the two differently colored eyes, yes.
0: Now, this whole thing, as he does his little, you know, monologue, (laughs) he he does it the whole time talking to the lion. But the original script that we have here makes it sound like there was originally someone that he was going to be speaking to on screen. Yeah. And And it never happened that way. It was more the lion he was talking to Mm -hmm. because the lion was walking around as he was speaking right so the way he's talking he's he's talking about the voltron force you know how they're the the knights in shining shining armor they're smug self-righteous and they're confident that voltron's going to save them every time and then he wonders what what actually gave them the right to pilot Voltron in the first place.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So he thinks the whole Voltron thing was just handed to them, right? That they didn't earn it. And he says that every piece of metal that he wears on his uniform is something he earned. And that any weapon he fires, he designed it. So... Who decided that they get to be the knights in shining armor and he says that there is a downside to that 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 people of honor always have the same weakness Mm -hmm. and that they just can't stand it when someone fights dishonorably which is what wade did in the last episode
1: and in prior ones yes yeah yeah it's it's interesting that he's comparing himself to the voltron force as you know, this was handed to them. I've earned everything. They're honorable, and I'm dishonorable. I mean, I, I like the idea of him having this, um, this, uh, you know, something where he's 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 made himself who he is. But I think him going into dishonorable and stating that as a as a as a really good characteristic as he's talking to himself. Yeah, it seems it's a very cartoony comment there. The, the rest, the rest of it, I can I can buy into, but that that little bit there is kind of, eh, It's like it's like in the, the old He Man and the Masters of the Universe when uh, Skeletor would talk about, but I like being evil, <laughs> you know. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. So when he says that they don't like it when someone fights dishonorably. Um, he says, I expect they'll be showing up any time now and we'll be ready. So his whole point of doing what he did in the last episode was so that he would get them all fired up to go after him. Mm-hmm. So um, at the end of that, the pet lion roars and that's the end of the teaser. And we go right into the the, the, the theme song. hmm Right, it's a a very
1: short and to the point teaser,
0: yeah. So then, when you come back, we're going to start act one, and this time we're in the castle of lions control room. And everybody's like on these you know, these monitors and everything. And remember, the way these guys operate, these are all like holograms, uh, they're holograms, right? It's yeah, it's those floating,
1: touch sensitive. Touch screen, hologram, priority report style user interfaces. Yep.
0: Right. So Keith's doing something. Lance is doing something. Hunk's doing something. Pidge is doing something, right? Yeah. And so Keith wants Pidge to get a structural analysis of the Alliance compound, all of Wade's defensive capabilities. Lance says to Hunk to make sure that the Lions have the firepower to punch through all of it. And Lance says to the cadets, no more training runs. This time we're hitting Wade where he lives, literally. And then Keith says, well, when the sun comes up tomorrow, I want it to rise on a planet under the rightful control of the Galaxy Alliance and not Wade. And then Allura comes in. And she's like, oh, please. She said, don't pretend this is some kind of noble revolution. This assault on Wade is personal, not political. And Keith says, you better believe it's personal. He tried to take you out. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) Of course, this is a refresher for the audience, of course. Right. But when he says he tried to take you out, he says that instead of he tried to kill you.
1: Right. right. Because this
0: is for TVY7, right? Sure. But one thing that's
1: kind of funny is, oh, this is personal. You bet it's personal. He tried to take you out. And I'm thinking, then shouldn't Allura take it personally? Why are you taking this personally?
0: Yeah. Any kid might have said, did he mean he wanted to take her out on a date? (laughs) No, I don't think so.
1: All game. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Lance says, he's dangerous, Alora. You know, we have to stop him sooner or later. I'm voting sooner. So, both Keith and Lance are in agreement on this.
1: Yeah, that's, that's which kind of is, a rarity.
0: Yeah, isn't that? <laughs> and Alora notices that right away, too. She says, as much as I'm thrilled to see you two finally in agreement over something, this is not what we do. Voltron is the defender of the universe. We protect, we don't assault, and certainly not for revenge.
1: Hmm, Let's see. A Jedi uses uh, the Force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. And yet the title of that film was originally Revenge of the Jedi. Hmm, Interesting. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I remember that because... Uh, when they made those Revenge of the Jedi patches, and I, I had one of those, yeah, um, it, it, you know, a lot of people asked about that, and then George Lucas himself said, "I, I went back to the what Jedi are all about, and they're not about revenge. They're not about attack. They're about returning." <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so uh, one of my uh, one of the YouTube channels I enjoy watching is Red Letter Media. And uh, they have these uh, videos where they kind of uh, rail against uh, some of the Star Wars productions with uh, their character, Mr. Plinkett. And uh, he was sort of joking about George Lucas. The real reason for the title change is so he could save like $3 in uh, manufacturing costs of all the merchandise because it's one letter shorter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, uh, Lance... Uh gets back to her and he says, Well, that's too bad because this party's going on with or without you. So at this point, wow, you're you're willing to do this even without Alora. Yeah. And that's kind of odd. And then she tries to go after him. And then we see a shift over to the cadets where yeah. Daniel starts thinking about something. So one thing that, that struck me about this was we go into this part where where the cadets start talking and then we're going to get to a part where Coran shows up. Right. And as they're all talking, then it goes back to Alora and Lance and Keith. To me, this whole thing feels different. It feels like we're in a different room almost. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean the, the
1: control room is a large room. Right. But it ain't that large. <laughs> right. If, especially when uh, three of the people that you know, Keith Lance and Laura are are not exactly talking
0: very calmly. Right. And then all of a sudden it, it, it just struck me as as a little bit, you know, I got I kind of got sideswiped. Yeah. So Daniel starts saying, I thought Wade was supposed to be some sort of military genius. And he says, I mean, what's with the stupid tactics? And then Vince says, what are you talking about? He says he pretty much runs the galaxy. Couldn't he call up like a massive army and just fling them all at the Castle of Lions? Totally crush us. But instead he's going head to head with Voltron and he's got a giant robot obsession. Okay, then, then you see Koran walk in. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he says, yes, he always has for as long as I've known him, at least. So Coran wasn't there at all. all Suddenly he's there. And then Larmina says, wait, you never told me you had a history with Wade. So now we're going back to the, the, the whole Aris connection with Larmina, Alora, and Coran. Mm-hmm. And here's a part of Coran that Larmina doesn't know about. Yes. Okay. He says, "I took history with Wade and quantum mathematics, tactical theory, hand-to-hand combat, everything the GA Flight Academy offered." So now we're going into a, a little history with Wade and Koran. Don't you think that would have come up at some point, <laughs> such as when Before Wade this. had
1: captured Koran in the
0: very earliest episodes? I'm just yes. What?
1: Yeah.
0: How how can you introduce a backstory between? koran and wade this late in the game and does this ever pay off
1: after this episode in any substantial way i don't think so no it's pretty much a throwaway and frankly it, it this this marks a it's like oh here's some backstory which we'll get into but it's never spoken of again as far as i can recall it doesn't and, and, and it also kind of in this episode, and seemingly only in this episode, it gives uh, Wade a, a different motivation. I mean, he flat out told the Voltron Force he was all about money and power in earlier episodes. Yeah, and and, and so maybe he's too embarrassed or whatever to admit that a lion rejected him. And clearly, there's something he has an obsession with the lions in the sense that he re- was doing experiments on Black Lion and built those mechanical lions and all that junk but but none of to me it's like he just wants machinery he just wants a war machine and what better things to mimic or replicate than voltron but this gives this gives him a different edge that he didn't have before and
0: he really doesn't act on ever again which is interesting yeah i mean before it was all about keeping voltron out of commission right mm-hmm. so that yeah. so that he could run the galaxy alliance and everything and that there was no defender of the universe but wade's galaxy alliance right mm-hmm. yeah and this whole thing with wanting to get back control of voltron wasn't really one of his motivations right right i mean he could have he could have commandeered
1: voltron during the several year gap between when Voltra the lions were uh trapped on eris or whatever yeah and the first episode of voltron force i mean he had years literally years of opportunity to do this but he was only doing it with black lion yeah and I mean, that's even what then it, as far as we know it was dormant and was just being you know looked at and examined
0: right so but it yeah. may be where he learned some of his information about the stuff that he's going to do later in this episode very true so this whole history with Koran and Wade. Easy. So they were they were both in the academy together. But their real dream together was to attract the attention of the Voltron Force. Now, who was the Voltron Force when Koran and Wade were younger? Well, it doesn't. We know that there have been past generations,
1: but we don't know were they based on Eris, were they based elsewhere? we know nothing about this Voltron, this generation of the Voltron
0: Force. So right. it's, a, it's a mystery.
1: And I kind of like that, actually.
0: Yeah, because is, we know... It, yeah, go ahead. We know Coran is like probably, I don't know, at, at maybe almost twice as old as, as the Voltron Force members are now, right? Yeah, so let's assume that he's
1: 60, which may be young yeah. for him. I mean, he does look like Mark Twain after all. Right,
0: <laughs> right, but... Let's let's just say him and Wade are around the same age. Yeah. Both both him and Wade definitely look older. Mm-hmm. But they're still physical, you know, people that can still do a lot of things. But sure. but we still see them as probably almost twice as old as the regular uh, Voltron Force members, like Keith and Pidge and Hunk and Lance, right? Right. So who would have been those Voltron force members. They were trying to impress when they were in the Academy. Yeah. And we and, don't know. They never and, and, bring that up again. Well, I mean, there, there's a lot about the, the the Voltron
1: narrative we don't know in this show and in, and in many of the others, let's be frank. But, you know, let's so let's go back in time. Let's assume that Wade and Coran are about 60. Let's assume just for right, nice round numbers, they were roughly 20 when they were in the Academy together. Now we see that Vince and Daniel were what, maybe 15, if that. 1415 when they were in the academy. let's mm-hmm. just let's just round number 20. Right. There's a 40 year gap. That's enough for two generations of the Voltron force give or yeah. take. maybe yeah. more because who knows how quick t- pilots turn around.
0: Yeah, I'm just um, thinking whatever the generation was before these guys.
1: Yeah and, and so and the other and other mysteries are how do these th- how do these uh, uh, pilots typically transition from generation to generation? um it's still the big mystery is if if the broad strokes of the original show from the 80s the broad strokes i'm not talking every little detail but if the broad strokes still give you a rough idea of how the voltron pilots in this series got where they got it still does not paint a picture of what happened to the prior generation you know i mean what was that gap like so there's still a lot of mystery even in the recent history of voltron
0: And and if this is the way that they bring new Voltron Force members by taking cadets from the Academy Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or people that they see as having, you know, possibilities and stuff like that. Like, how did they know Vince was special? How did they know Daniel was special? You know, Larmina, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then uh, why only three? You know, if (laughs) it's a very good point. You know, if if we know, you know, pe- certain people are going to be replaced, why wouldn't all five get replaced? Right. You know, so anyway. Yeah, many, many mysteries. Lots of things to think about in the stuff that's going on here.
1: Yeah, and I have one more question that I'll ask
0: after we spin through this backstory. Okay, so uh, Coran and Wade had pushed themselves to excel. Um Practically daring the force not to notice them. And when they finally did, there was no doubt we'd be invited to join them. But call it one of Voltron's many mysteries. The lions seem to sense who is worthy to pilot them. Hmm, that sounds an awful lot like what we would later hear in Voltron Legendary Defender. That's correct. Mm-hmm. But didn't we also get a sense that that the lions were a little bit sentient even back to Voltron the third dimension? Absolutely yes
1: and of course the uh the devil's do comics of uh the two, the early two
0: early to mid 2000s too so yeah yes the dan jolly comics yep yeah so there's 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 been this idea that the lions are sentient in some way and that in particular in this one that the lions have an idea who's worthy to pilot them mm-hmm. but apparently Wade was not, and he was rejected by the Black Lion, and then he spent his life building his own war machine, desperate to prove he was better than the Defender of the Universe. So as a result of that, he immediately, you know, felt spite towards Voltron, and then ever since, he's wanted to be better than Voltron, right? Yeah. Yeah. He has a really weird way of showing
1: that. <laughs> I mean, it just thinking about the stuff that he did afterward. I mean, again, he had he had Voltron under his thumb for for years leading up to the beginning of the show. Yeah. And so, it doesn't quite add up. But my big question about this backstory is, you know, Coran and Wade were certain that the Voltron force would pick them. They rejected Wade. What about Coran?
0: Well, he never became a pilot. But really? well, we don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we we just sort of feel like maybe he got involved with Alora at that point because maybe Alora had just been born or something like that and then he got involved with the royal family on Aris or something with King Alfor somehow I don't know. yeah he's the ambassador for aris now right so and he does not seem like
1: the soldier type or pilot type at all right i mean he's always so la 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 he seemed and prim and proper
0: seems like a diplomat he
1: does yeah I, i i just he doesn't seem like pilot material
0: although apparently back in the day he was who knows so at the end of that that little backstory mm-hmm. all of a sudden we go back to Alora. she takes off her voltcom slams it down on the table and says go on if you're going to do this with or without me then it's without me wow <laughs> mm-hmm. and then keith says larmina and daniel that means you've got blue vince hop a ride with pitch we scramble in 15 although that's only in the script
1: the the scramble in 15 isn't in the episode they're off i mean they just leave yeah so keith never got any of the information he asked his fellow pilots to give him you know it's like look at the struck technical analysis the weapons came out of heck with it let's just go (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know
0: so we watched the five lions launch from the castle with the laura and coran watching and coran puts his arm on her shoulder and she just seems dejected that they left without her. That, yeah. you know, that that, that they were going to go do this, and it wasn't the way, you know, that she thought Voltron was. Right. So, then we see we're we're on Earth now, and as they're coming down, Keith Keith says, "Keep it tight and keep your eyes open." Wade has to know we're coming. And then, of course, Wade shows up on the monitor saying, I would have been disappointed if you didn't. So Lance says, shut him up, Pidge. I don't want to hear anything from Wade, but Al.
1: <laughs> I do like that.
0: <laughs> but then Pidge says, he's on an open channel. I suggest you just ignore him because he's not going away. So they can't turn off their radio? Yeah, I don't get that. I mean. How can you not just turn off your monitor? But. So-
1: yeah, but I mean, Lance we all gets have so, phones.
0: you can hang up. <laughs> yeah, Lance gets so angry. He punches his monitor till it breaks. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah.
1: yeah, now, yeah, if you it's it's dramatic and all, but from watching the show, this is the only monitor in the lion in the front seat, the pilot seat, that is close to the pilot's head. You know, there are all these little itty bitty little technical readouts off to the sides and here and there but this is the one it's on the yoke yeah. the handles that they yank on when they fly around and he destroys the one monitor because he doesn't want to hear Wade
0: that means he, he hates Wade so much that he's willing to give up and risk not being able to talk to his own people
1: mm-hmm.
0: ugh yeah Ah. So Wade promises that he has some surprises for these guys. And Keith says, keep smiling, you psychopath. It makes your teeth an easier target. I do like that.
1: <laughs> that's, that's fun dialogue. I love that.
0: So at this point, we, we get ready to form Voltron. And when they say, um, let's go Voltron Force, there's a split screen. This split screen has Vincent Pidge in one window. Then Lance gets his own, Hunk gets his own, Keith gets his own, Daniel gets his own, and Larmina gets her own. Wouldn't Daniel and Larmina be together? I gotta look that up. That's actually I, I gotta zip to uh, check that out myself. Because I would Daniel. have thought Daniel and Larmina would have been in blue. Yeah, that's odd. So I don't so know I'm why j- I don't know why Daniel got his own when they could have done a, another one just with larmina in the front and daniel in the back you know kind of thing well presumably that's
1: what happened here <laughs> the back
0: but, but they, they well but they got their own odd. part
1: of the split screen is what i'm saying yeah they got six there six panels there six yeah different uh that is odd i did not that's, notice
0: that. i just thought it was odd because vince is sitting right next to to pitch hmm. and if if they're both in blue together then why wouldn't they have just a panel that has both of them together the same way it just didn't make sense to me
1: yeah that really
0: is odd okay so yeah that's weird okay (laughs) so they so they form voltron and voltron just basically lands on the the i guess the sidewalk or whatever outside of the The main compound right yes did you notice the major change
1: between the formation sequence in this episode from every prior episode
0: well what do you mean
1: this is the first episode that
0: uses the 1980s voltron theme oh that's right yes yes Yes. i'm sorry i forgot to mention that yes that's all right that's right and they use it from
1: this yeah they use it from this point through the end of the series yes and doggone it! I love the the one that they made for this show, but uh, as an old fart who loves the '80s show, um, yeah, this one really gets the uh, gets the spine tingling, or chill, oh. uh, you know, the spine chilling, you know, that's that sort of thing going.
0: On. Okay, so uh, what we see is uh, some large hangar doors slide slowly open, and Wade walks out wearing a strange wired suit. He's all alone. He doesn't seem phased that Voltron's standing outside his door, and he just walks right up to them. And without a word, he reaches behind his back, pulls out a some kind of high tech rifle or shotgun. Yeah. And then you see the the cockpit shots of Keith and Lance. Their eyes are widening. Wade aims the weapon, and Keith yells, move! I love the tight close-up on Keith's eyes, his
1: face, especially his eyes when he tells them to move. Of course, no one moves.
0: <laughs> Lance is probably like, did somebody say something? <laughs> they, they certainly didn't move enough because they got hit square in the, in the chest with his shot.
1: Yeah, it, it hits Voltron right in the center of the uh, the chest insignia
0: yeah and pierces the insignia right and then he says a single charge of corrite metal dug from the heart of the planet ariel i hope you're surprised now cuz they all felt the shaking as it as it plunged into them mm-hmm. but then voltron convulses and folds up and all the all the lion mouths open and discharge their pilots now here's another thing if you're in the black lion you're way up there yeah and if you're in the red line or even the green line you're still pretty far up there Mm -hmm. when you get discharged you're dropping to a concrete ground yes so
1: in legendary defender when um in the in the rise of voltron when Lance ejects Hunk out of Blue Lion's mouth, so that he can go underground and and recover the Yellow Lion. Remember how he he rolls, he hits the ground hard and rolls. I remember thinking in that tire episode, oh my gosh, that's gotta hurt. That is nothing compared to what these guys are going through. <laughs> these guys got
0: ejected from a massive height.
1: Yeah, I mean, if so, the in, in that uh, Voltron 30th anniversary book uh they they suggest that voltron in some pages it says about 200 feet some about 300 feet it's inconsistent from area to area but
0: whatever that height is that's really really high in the sky yeah i mean there's no way keith above all of them (laughs) Mm -hmm. would have been able to just like brush that off i'm sorry i mean so so let's think let's
1: imagine that voltron's 200 feet tall the shorter of the two heights Yeah, from the 30th anniversary book if if each story in a building is about 10 feet you know given the structure between the levels yeah he's 20 floors up yeah
0: and he (laughs) fell yeah and he hit the ground yes and he was fine Mm -hmm. a little shaken up but fine yeah just a nasty bump in the pride (laughs) boy i'd love to be a cartoon
1: yes yeah (laughs) I mean, couldn't he at least have made a puff of smoke and been flat and then you know straighten himself back up again like Wiley e. Coyote? Yeah. Yeah. This this was I I, I love the action in this episode, but that bit right there took me completely out of the story the very first time I saw the episode. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So so while they're trying to recover from the fall,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, And why would all, a bullet throw them out of the Lions? <laughs> Oh, well. (laughs) Well, we're going to find out. Um, So, Wade fires a wire line from his, some sort of like from his glove into Black Lion's mouth and he's able to pull himself up, sort of just the same way that Batman does with his grappling hook. Mm -hmm. And Hunk says, oh, no. And Pitch says, what? So, through black lion's mouth, he he connects wires into to the cockpit and everything. And now there's a face, like a hologram face of him showing up in in Voltron's face. Mm-hmm. So the face had had
1: withdrawn to allow the Black Lion to spit out Keith. It's still withdrawn. it's 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 folded into wherever the face goes. And yeah a holographic face now appears where voltron's face would have been
0: and as that happens wade's saying and i'll form the head now you gotta admit
1: that's a heck of a way to end act one that's that's yeah. a that's that's a heck of a cliffhanger
0: well yeah it's like how did this happen yeah how did how did wade take over voltron with just one shot
1: yeah okay I, I love I love that stuff. I mean that, that was a, that was an amazing bit, and, and I thought it was really ironic that I remember watching this for the first time, thinking, "Whoa, the '80s Voltron music is here!" And then they they land, and almost immediately Wade takes out the entire force. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that quickly. Yeah. So his first thing to say in Act Two is life lesson, rookies. You don't move up in this world by accepting rejection when they tell you no you can't have it well you just find a way to take it so wade swings a punch into the ground and they all try to jump out of the way and they get thrown by the punch you know they get thrown by the force of the punch
1: yeah and 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 voltron is basically mimicking wade's movements and so we already had very early in the episode uh, in the series wade had that that remote control booth that was in his office yeah he was using to control his uh, his giant robotic lion way back yeah. in the, the first episodes um this is the the next generation of that seemingly and and it reminds me of the 1980s movie robot jocks do you remember that where uh, and of course uh, uh, um Pacific Rim did much the same thing where the robot would mimic the movements of the
0: people inside. Right. Um, Yeah. And Larmina had a similar thing with her little uh, bot that she put together in the hunkyard. Yeah. The awesome Tron vehicle that she had. Right. Yeah. So, um, so there you go. Um, He's swinging a punch at them and he says, I've always told the people Voltron was a menace. Time to show them what I was talking about. So now he's not even focusing on these guys after taking a punch at them. He wants to go and make Voltron look like the bad guy Mm -hmm. to everybody on Earth now.
1: Well, it's ironic that he wants Voltron to look like the bad guy, but Voltron looks like Wade.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, Larmina says, how's he doing that? Coran told us Voltron rejected him. And then Lance said, "Pidge, I really need you to say something scientific right now. <laughs> and Pidge says, I, I got nothing. <laughs> so all of a sudden, Vince uh, gets this look in his eye. And he just goes after Voltron as he's walking away. I love and- that, by
1: the way. This is, this is a, a nice follow on to the episode Dark Blue where vince he's got his courage about him he knows what the right thing is to do and he's just doing it he's got the unique ability to do uh to interface
0: with with computers and with voltron and he's just doing it right so this is a big big step for for vince because you know he didn't used to be like that but right he's gone he's gained confidence in his abilities and they they're all like what are you doing whoa vince So he jumps up on, uh, what was it, Uh, Blue Lion's foot? Mm -hmm. And he starts tapping into Voltron, just to see if he can figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. So what does he see?
1: Um, He sees there's something inside of Voltron that has been... uh, um... As I recall, it's 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 what we will. It's the uh, we it? use the, the word that uh, they haven't introduced yet in the show, but it's those five crystal shards that we see come together every single time Voltron is formed in this right. show. Right,
0: right. Uh, but the yeah. bullet pierced something in that chest area there. Right, and he gets to see where it happened in Voltron. Yep. So. Wade feels him, I guess, on, on his leg or whatever. And he says, uh-uh, no free rides. And he kicks him off.
1: <laughs>
0: and then Larmina and Daniel come. And Daniel says, you madman. Just so you know, I mean that in a good way. <laughs> and Pitch says to him, what did you see? Any ideas on how to stop Wade? And Wade has this huge laugh. And he says, me, I'd be more worried about how you're going to stop them. And then all of a sudden, a whole bunch of robotic lions and his main lion show up. And now they've got to fight them.
1: Yep. And by main lion, you mean his pet lion. this lion pet. is
0: basi- he's
1: basically controlling them through a similar control suit. Isn't, isn't, isn't the lion doing that?
0: Yeah. At, yeah. at the beginning of the episode, he wasn't wearing anything, right? Right. Now he's got sort of his own little suit on. So the mechanical lions and this other line are going after them and they're, you know, doing all their fancy fighting and everything with their bolt comms and stuff. Um, in the, in the same instance, Vince says Wade's moving towards the people. He's the one we have to stop. The lions are just a distraction. And as he's doing that, <laughs> one of the lines comes after him, but Daniel rolls him out of the way and then Daniel says, maybe you should pay a little bit more attention to the distraction. Yeah. (laughs) So this, this scene, actually,
1: I don't remember if it's this exact scene or a combination of this scene and later scenes, because this show and Legendary Defender, to be frank, tried to minimize the interaction of 2D and 3D elements. Yeah. Because that takes special care to do. Um I do think this this the action here between the Voltron force and the robotic lions suffers a little bit from that because there there are some shots where you where the camera pans left and you see the pilots in like these animation loops using their weapons to fire blasters or Pidge keeps throwing his uh, smart stars over and over and over again, like on a loop, and then they pan to the right and then the lions are doing what they're doing. There's a little bit, too much of this back and forth and and it it lacks the dynamic quality that i think it could have had if they had if they could have put a little bit more money into uh this episode
0: plus it didn't have the fight choreographic stuff uh the fight choreography that joaquin Dos Santos had from uh ultron legendary defender that
1: is true that's very true
0: yeah okay so uh so at one point, while they're fighting the Lions, Keith and Lance back up into each other. And Keith says, he played us. He knew we'd come after him for Alora, and we walked right into it. And then Lance says, so uh, which one of us has to tell her she was right? <laughs> Lance says, we need her, Keith. And anybody she can run up. And then Vincent Vince Daniels stand back up, and they overheard the conversation and they have an idea you know they look at each other and they both get the same idea and
1: i I have to say i love that they didn't make it they didn't spell it out captain obvious style right you know they could have been ooh, round up people we have an idea let's go round up people you know i'm glad they didn't do that
0: right so daniel says we'll be back and keith says what flight academy building that's wade central larmina back them up so basically all three cadets are away now and (laughs) pitch says and there goes half our strength and he says to lance tell me you don't do this stuff on purpose just to make it more exciting (laughs) that was one of my favorite lines yeah so Keith, as he's fighting these mechanical lines, he's trying to call Alora on the Voltcom. Mm-hmm. So he says, come on, Alora," And she's not answering because she has her Voltcom off. And she's talking to her father.
1: Yeah, so, so this is also kind of interesting. Number one, it's amusing to hear the Voltcom ringing like a phone. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny if it was, you know, hi, you've reached the Voltcom of Princess Alora. I'm not here, but if you leave a message... I'll get back to you as soon as possible thanks and then have little nice squeaks and then you know that would have been funny (laughs) oh yeah but here's the other thing if the situation is so dire that you need allura and you can't reach her couldn't they have called the castle itself some i mean yes very often it seems like the only people who are ever at the castle are the voltron force and koran it would be nice if there was an automated something like don't they have like uh, people who answer their phone off hours or I, Karan, I, I was thinking at the castle I know right? I was
0: thinking I was thinking the same thing yeah Laura said she wasn't going to help them mm-hmm. but Coran didn't say that yeah why don't they call Karan? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean so, he
1: might have been a pilot for all we know he could have flown the Blue Lion
0: I don't know but Coran <laughs> would have seemed like the, the logical choice it's like hey, Coran, I know Alora is not going to help us, but what can you do for us, dude? <laughs> right. So anyway, she's, she's talking in the catacombs to King Alphor's ghost. Yep. And she says, I feel like I've abandoned them, Father, but if I support this mission, won't I be abandoning the nature of Voltron itself? And King Alfor's ghost says, a difficult question, but perhaps you're missing the more fundamental one. What is the nature of Voltron? And Alora says, I've, I've never questioned to defend the universe. And King Alfor's Ghost says, this is the mission of Voltron, is to defend the universe. And it always will be. But the spirit of Voltron is forever evolving. And it seems the defender, as well as the force, is entering yet another period of change. So this is, this is good information to have, right? Yeah. The mission of Voltron is to be the defender of the universe, but the spirit of Voltron is constantly evolving, okay? Yeah.
1: Whatever the spirit of Voltron actually is, is <laughs> also a
0: mystery, but right. yes, at least it's evolving. All right, so then we go back to the, the Flight Academy building where Daniel, Vince, and Larmita are. They're in a hallway and everything's quiet. And Lormina says, I hate the quiet, bad things always happen in the quiet. And then all of a sudden some Wade droids show up and of course she says, called it. (laughs) And Vince says, I've got this one. I love this. What does he do? He basically jumps
1: on top of uh, two of the Wade droids. He's got one foot on each shoulder of a couple of Wade droids. He uses his finger wires, if you will, his Mm -hmm. voltcom ability. And, com- and basically he's holding them like reins, almost like he's uh, pulling them along like puppets, much like Wade is doing with Voltron, by the way. Right, right. And he's steering those droids into all the other droids and taking them all out from the two that he's commandeered. Yeah. And then he and finally then he- draws them together. They slam into each other at the end and they're all
0: gone. <laughs> and Daniel and Armina are like, whoa, because both of these guys had seen Larmina do this at one point where she just jumped in and and knocked out a whole bunch of way droids. And they were all like, whoa. (laughs) So the same thing now happening with Vince. Um, Vince says, there's a clear path that way. Come on, Daniel. We got to get that to that video game. Video game. Larmina (laughs) says, what video game? Daniel says, we're good here. This is our old school. So we're on home turf. Go help the rest of the team. So we remember the video game that got them in touch with the people from Ariel to begin with. Right.
1: And Vin, now, now this is one of those unique episodes where um, a lot of times they don't touch in subtle ways on the continuity of this story mm-hmm. throughout the season, but this is a fairly subtle thing. Yeah. It's one thing to reference the, it's one thing to say, now let's get, let's go to the den and call our buddies on the den computer. This is quite another thing. This is the video game and no context to this. This is really subtle if you haven't followed the
0: season. That's right. If this had been the first episode you saw, you'd be like, what are they talking about? Yeah. And so Vince had described this early
1: on in that episode where where we became uh, uh, introduced to the Lion Riders of Ariel, that the the game was a mechanism that Pidge had created to help voltron and voltron friendlies allies uh, to interact in a covert way so that's they're going to be doing something to reach out to some voltron allies using this game but they certainly don't spell it out
0: yeah so this was from lion rider's return which was episode 107
1: yes that's right
0: okay so um we're back outside um wade says you brought this on yourselves you weak pathetic children you wanted voltron well here it is he's actually going after the people yeah and you see a a family and they're running away and one of the parents turns to see that their their one son fell down but it's too late for them to do anything but watch Um, there's a a, a tower that Wade had knocked over Mm -hmm. and it's falling on top of him. But at the last moment, Hunk comes running up, throwing his Voltcom hammer into the tower, breaks the tower apart, then cradles the child like a human shield. And he's able to save the child. So... The funny thing is, is the kid looks up to him and says, aren't you a Voltron pilot? And Hunk says, yeah, I'm still confused, too. <laughs> but, but I think it's pretty clear here
1: why the Lions rejected Wade and accepted Hunk and his pals as Voltron force pilots. Yeah, it has no, They weren't handed Voltron. These 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 are uh, heroes, are heroes. And the Lions knew it. Even without
0: the Lions, they're heroes yep yep so hunk gets back with the others he says he's trying to hurt civilians we got to stop him now lance says now that you've stated the obvious anybody have an actual plan and keith says forget stopping him we can't even get near him we've got to get these lions fighting as an organized unit protecting him i mean he's got these lions fighting as an organized unit protecting him and Pitch says, whatever we do, I don't think we have much time to do it. Says, look at him. So far, Wade's been held back by his own inexperience, but he seems to be gaining more control by the minute. We have to get him out of Ultron before he figures out how to tap into more of its potential. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, Wade pauses, and the giant robot looks at its hands for a beat, turning them over to analyze them from all angles. Then suddenly a fist pulls a glowing whip out of the other. So instead of forming a blazing sword, he forms a glowing whip.
1: Which is a weapon we have never seen Voltron form in this show and never will again. So it's interesting that uh, this might suggest uh, the whole evolving Voltron thing. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, how each of the cadets had unlocked weapons of, of Voltron that had not been used before.
0: Right. Yeah. And then Hunk says, I think he just tapped something when he pulled out the whip. Yeah. And so he starts slapping the whip around, right? Around the city's power station, setting off all kinds of explosions. And Wade says, and so the lions become the tamer. And then that's the end of act two. <laughs> so we start off act three and Wade has this crazed laughter and nearby Keith, Lance, Pidge and Hunk are still caught up fighting those mechanical lions. And they're looking pretty battle scarred themselves. And then you see Pidge gets hurt and he yells. And then Hunk says, Pidge. So now Hunk's concerned for Pidge. So he goes after him. He says, you okay, buddy? And he says, all good. So Hunk has, has saved this, this little child. And now he's gone over and protected Pidge. Yep. He's he's helping his little buddies. Right. So they they look to see more civilians are fleeing the, the Wade Voltron destruction. I, I do want to point out
1: something real quick that I just yeah. thought of. I hadn't thought of this prior to just now. Hunk is protect He protects an innocent child. Uh, this th- He is probably of the people there on Earth now. if Based on what we know of him from Defender of the Universe, this is a very in-character thing for him to do. Not just because he's a hero. But he had a history in the original show of being kind to children.
0: Mm-hmm. I,
1: I remember there had been an episode where he went to revisit some kids that he had known from his younger years as as in the, at the academy. And yeah. so there, this is a whether it, whether it's intentional or just coincidence. It's fun that this is kind of a follow on to to some of the traits that he had back in the original show. So. Right
0: so we're back in the den where vince and daniel are Mm -hmm. and daniel stands up from the computer terminal he's on and he says it's done vince they'll be coming but vince is still remaining in his seat and his fingertip wires are plugged into Pidge's computer they are right i believe so so daniel says hey come on the force is alone out there and vince says just one more minute i'm inside Pidge's system And then Daniel says, spy later fighting now. But Vince says, no, I'm trying to sort out the data I've got from plugging into that Wade Voltron. I'm running counter comparisons with Pidge's Voltron schematics, trying to isolate any structural alterations to Daniel says, please don't explain, just do it faster. (laughs) So he plugs more finger links into the board and he keeps trying to do it faster. Uh, Then we're back out with Pidge again. So Pidge is throwing his smart stars, as you said before, Mm -hmm. and they're deflecting off the lion's head. He's ready to throw more, and the lion turns to face Pidge, and it's a stare down, and and Pidge says, that's right, I want you to look me right in the eye. And then you see Keith leap in from above, landing on the, the lion's back, then jabbing one of his Voltcom swords into a neck joint, and then... Pidge says, mostly so you forget to look up. (laughs) And then you see Keith leaps back off the lion. Hunk rolls in under the lion's head, popping up and then swinging his hammer into the hilt of Keith's embedded sword. So that's like the final blow. Yeah. Good
1: teamwork. I love it. I also love the, uh, now of course they can do this because it's a robot lion. The, uh, the, The, you know, the, the, destruction of the lion as they do it with these with these weapons i, I just to see them just overtly do that is, is
0: kind of fun in the show <laughs> right so keith says one down and then lance says we're still losing this fight keith wade's got us covered from every angle and then larmina comes in and she she destroyed one and she says sorry evil robots you know how it is hunk smiles and he goes yep so Keith says, where are Daniel and Vince? And Larmina says, I think they had to go play video games in the den. <laughs> Keith says, what? And Pitch says, I believe I know what they're doing. So then they look up in the sky and there's this huge transport ship coming into land. And then Keith says, that's one of Mansett's ships. And Lance says, Manset, what's that smuggler smuggling here? And then as soon as you see the the doors open up on the ship after it lands, all the Lion Riders start coming out on their lions. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And Pitch says, I think Daniel and Vince just called in our backup. So Keith says hi to Callan. Callan says, Chief Callan says, this battle belongs to the Lion Riders now, my friends. The fight with Voltron is yours. That's weird to say, isn't it? The fight with Voltron? Yeah. That's just weird. It is weird. (laughs) (laughs) So Lance says, okay, so now we have to try to break our own robot. (laughs) And Lance says, if it makes you feel any better, the robot's probably going to win. So uh, back at the den, Daniel's feeling very urgent, and he says, Vince... And then Vince says, None of this makes sense. It had to be something in that chloride charge Wade shot into Voltron. But, and then you see the, the Wade chloride drill bullet entered Voltron's chest. Inside the chest, we see the drill pierce some of the internal box. And as it does, wires grow out of the bullet like a mechanical creeper vines flowing out in all directions. And now Vince says, he built his own nervous system. Daniel says, "Uh, Vince. And then Vince says, the Corite, it grew an actual physical new skeleton inside Voltron, one that Wade can control. That's pretty darn sophisticated. Yeah, so how he knew how to do that? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean...
1: There are things that the Voltron Force doesn't understand about their own lions, as we will discover more later in this season. But um, to be able to unleash all these nerves or whatever they are and uh-huh. have them extend all the way into Voltron's extremities and be able to manipulate the robot—that's that's 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 quite something. It's in. It seems un, implausible. But um, that's part of what makes this episode fun. I think. I, I think it's neat that that uh, uh, the Voltron Force
0: is fighting against Voltron. It's kind of right. Cool. And and Vince says, and if he put it in, we can take it out. And Daniel says, great. And how do we do that? So Vince starts thinking. He says, combine powers, and he plugs into uh, he plugs into Daniel's like Volcom and daniel says hey and he's shocked and then his po- his claws pop out and then they they start to glow with vitz's power and and he starts going uh and then outside we're going again and then uh so basically everybody's just hacking at the robot's base right which is hilarious yeah they're just basically hacking away i keep thinking of uh
1: so i I, i've watched doctor who dating all the way back to the 1960s and uh there was an era where the doctor was stuck on earth and so he had these allies they're kind of a, a a global military called unit and whenever these monsters would invade the earth uh, unit would always mobilize and fire their their traditional firearms at the aliens and they never hurt the aliens ever it never mm-hmm. stopped them from continuing to shoot at them but it never hurt them at all and it's just this this just kind of reminds me of that
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's sort of like gulliver's travels mm-hmm. you know yeah so um so wade's holographic face looks down at them amused he says is that it come on it At least I knocked this thing down a time or two. Frankly, I feel embarrassed just watching you. That is
1: my favorite line in the entire episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, suddenly, like a flash, Daniel runs up, a power glowing blur on all fours with Vince on his back. And all the rest of them say, what, Daniel, whoa. And Vince jumps off of Daniel's back, and in the same motion, Daniel leaps into the air with glowing calls and tears into Voltron's chest, disappearing inside. So that's what the script says.
1: What he really does actually seems less plausible. Well, maybe less plausible. A little interesting. He jumps into the breach that is already in Voltron's chest insignia. But that hole is pretty darn small. Yeah. Voltron's big, but... I'd be surprised if any of them could actually fit their hand through that hole, much yeah. less Daniel's entire body.
0: Yeah, when you, when you figure uh, that Corite bullet uh-huh. was the only thing that went through there, it didn't burst anything just outside where it went in. It just broke that part only that was the size of the bullet.
1: Yeah, I think, so I what,
0: think this was... Huh? So what we're saying is is that bullet would have to be bigger than Daniel in order for him to be able to fit in there like that. Yeah. So I think this is another
1: case of limited budget where, you know, it would have involved some 2d 3d animation to show the, the chest getting the chest hole getting a little larger. Um, and, and this is one of those cases where that suffers. And, and at the end when, uh, Something else happens, which we'll get to.
0: It, it it stretches credibility there too. But right. So immediately Larmina asks, What did you guys do in there? And then Vince doesn't take any time to explain. He just starts wiring into all the other people's fault comms, except for Larmina's. He doesn't touch Larmina's. Um, and then he's he starts having that instinct. And all of a sudden, you start seeing um, the Vince's power creeping up the skeleton that Wade had installed in, in Voltron. But it, it doesn't do anything on Blue Lion. So he's saying, I can't reach Blue Lion. And then Larmina, she thinks, oh, because there's no Allura. And then Vince says we need blue lion so he taps into hers which activates the blue lion part. Hmm and then he says and then he says time to take back voltron. So it's at this point Wade is now in pain. Everything's going haywire around him. And in an awesome moment of power, Voltron seems to be glowing from the inside when Daniel suddenly leaps out of the chest, tearing the bullet with the skeleton attached out with him. Yeah, and this shot is neat to
1: see. It's fun to see Daniel leaping out of a hole in Voltron with all that cabling or tethers or whatever they are. But this is that moment where credibility stretched a bit further than we even saw before, because (laughs) not only is he not coming out of a hole that's big enough for him to come out of he's jumping out of it and somehow has the momentum to tear all of those cables out of voltron in a presumably non-destructive way (laughs) he's got enough momentum to yank them all out of the robot through the chest even though they were deployed from the head yeah well from the chest i guess but the head was certainly connected to them.
0: well don't forget he's he's working through the combined powers of vince and all the other people
1: that's true. That's true. Good call. Good call. Yep. But yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it is a little weird to see. But then what happens uh, uh, the whole Wade hologram disappears from Voltron's face. Then the huge robot collapses. And the forces Voltcom's power down. The wires retract back into Vince's fingertips. Vince drops to his knees, spent, catching his breath. And Pidge says, well, that was a different approach. Hmm. And Vince says, explanations later. That was kind of hard. (laughs) So then Wade starts struggling, trying to crawl out of the head. And then Keith steps down in front of him and says, hi, I'll be taking you into custody now. Then I suppose I'll need to let somebody official know that the Galaxy Alliance is now restored. We'll help you write your resignation letter if you're not feeling up to it. Lance says, short version, we win. (laughs) And they both grab him. And Wade doesn't say anything. And then Callan, Chief Callan says, impressive work. Lance says, same to you. And he says, what are you going to do about that one? And he's pointing to Wade's pet lion. And Chief Callen says, he's merely confused, twisted by the darkness he was raised in. Give him the open plains of Ariel and a pride to run with, and he'll be a new lion. So that's good, right? Yeah. So uh,
1: I I guess the, uh, the lion riders watch the dog whisperer or the lion whisperer. Right. Yeah. Very nice.
0: Put it with so, the pack
1: and it'll learn proper behavior.
0: <laughs> right. So that's good. And mm-hmm. Lance says, okay, he's all yours. And then Hunk says, so anybody know how to get a broken giant robot back to Aris? And Manset says, I've got a few ideas. So Manset said, I'll even let you slide on the friends and family discount. <laughs> and he he. He gives a card to Keith. Keith says, business cards, man said, Tell me the galaxy's best smuggler hasn't gone legit. And Manset says, anything, anywhere. Nice. It's
1: nice that Voltron's allies have come together like this. It, it's really cool.
0: So they're all back in the, uh, the hangar on Aris yeah within the castle of lions right right so we see all the lions are probably getting worked on by by uh pidge and hunk and all them right
1: actually voltron's laying on its lying on its back in the hangar
0: that's one big big hangar but anyway yeah. <laughs> so keith and lance are standing next to Alora, and they both look at each other and wondering who's going to talk first Lance finally gets up the gumption and he says, I don't know if princesses get to do I told you so's, but and then Alora looks at them and says, We do, but I'm not sure I get to take one. You left here to bring down weight, and you did. The galaxy alliance is united once again. And then Keith says, Yeah, but at what price? Did we do right by the big robot? And Alora says, Honestly, I'm not as sure as I was when you left. The defender of the universe that I grew up with may not be the one the universe needs today. Voltron, I'm told, is forever evolving, it, forever evolving. So she doesn't tell them that it was King Alfour that told her that. Mm-hmm. But Pitch says, well, he'll be up and running again soon, but there's something else right here. And he points to the diagram, and there's a damaged part in that chest that we saw. Mm-hmm. and pitch says the core pierced something inside voltron that we've never been able to crack before and Vince says I like, yeah I like, I like the way it's, it's pierced something we weren't able to crack
1: <laughs> like were you really trying to crack? I, I know i know what they mean but it's just funny that they got the, the two words together there
0: <laughs> yeah so vince says yeah what is that i've been seeing it in my well i've been curious
1: <laughs> why is why is he keeping that secret
0: i, I don't, don't know, know. I really don't know why. But anyway, uh, Pitch says, the lions each have one in their chest, like a heart slash hard drive, I imagine. And they all come together when Voltron forms. And the diagram demonstrates that. And Vince says, kind of like a nexus. Pitch says, hmm, yeah, a nexus. That's exactly what it is. And now that there's a hole in the black lions piece of the nexus, it's releasing all kinds of strange data, things I can't even begin to decipher. And it it starts displaying all these kinds of symbols and stuff. And Pidge says, whatever it is, access to this Nexus could change the entire way Voltron works. So who else do you think would want to get their hands on that type of information? Uh, Wade, uh, Mayhawks? Mayhawks, Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Hunk says, Is that a good thing? Pitch says, I guess we'll find out. And then they show inside Voltron's chest again the Nexus with the damaged black part.
1: Yeah. Did you, when, do you remember when you first saw this? I mean, this is 11 years ago now. Yeah. But, but when, when they show, when, they, and at the end of the episode, when they show those five pieces of the Nexus, we'd seen them all the way back from the very first episode. When yeah. they formed Voltron, you saw these little, pieces these the points of a star come together and each one is the color of a distinct lion i i just thought it was a just some visual cutaway to give the impression that voltron is coming together in some powerful fundamental weird way yeah but to actually see those as plot points or story elements was
0: very surprising to me Did did it surprise you or do you remember well, I mean, it's, it's sort of like in the old days at uh, Defender of the Universe, when the things used to light up, right? Mm-hmm. After they put the keys in and everything, right? Yeah. And then they'd form Voltron, but you never got to see the inner workings of things. And this yeah. is I mean, actually inside the chest. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, and this is
1: where that's all revealed. Um, before then, I thought, well, maybe there's some readout screen or like a computer monitor in, in the lions that shows this happening, happening as some symbolic way that to to show the Voltron, the, the, the robots assembling. No, this, it's, yeah, these are physical things.
0: Yeah, and this is something the pilots
1: themselves do not see when it happens. Right, and 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 that was never clear until this episode. And it's kind of cool that yeah. it became part of the actual uh, story. Uh, I did write an article a while back on Lions of Pilots of bots.com about the Nexus pieces and going way down ridiculously into crazy details about questions. You know, for example, when do the pieces come together? Do the, do the Lions have to link up and then these little pieces travel into Voltron's chest? It sure seems that way. Um, if, if they change centers... Do all the little pieces go back into their little lions and then they come back together or do they just, in the show, it shows them swirling around and then they just mix up in a different way. If that failed, changing centers and the lions all came crashing to the ground, would the four lions be dead effectively because their nexus parts are still in the chest of the black lion? You know, it's just ri- ridiculously detailed stuff, but that's just how I roll. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So. But- for future episodes, though, we're going to be using that word nexus quite a bit, aren't we? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And they will use the term interchangeably to refer to the combined five segment element that we see with the robot, but they'll also use that term to refer to each lion's piece of it. So it gets a little bit ambiguous as we go forward, but, uh, but you know, just hang on. It's a good ride. <laughs>
0: But also, yeah, hang on because uh, Voltron doesn't get fixed right away. No, this was this, yeah. This this was some pretty good damage that Wade gave to Voltron. Yeah. So what do you, so uh, what do you think of the episode then? Well, like I said at the beginning, this this is a pivotal episode because it changes things a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They've captured Wade. What yeah, does that I mean? What does that mean for the Galaxy Alliance? How do they get it back together without Wade controlling it anymore? Yeah, good point. Will we find out? Yes, we'll see. And then also, you know, the fact that you saw the Lion Riders came back and helped them, and Man said helped them. So you're seeing that the 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 Voltron Force has a bunch of friends now that they can count on, and that's always a good thing to know. Um, but then, you know, if Wade's out of the picture, they really only have one focus from, a, from a, the big bad standpoint, and that's now Lotor and Mayhawks. Right. So what's next on that horizon? Because the last thing that happened with them was the Predator Robeast that they weren't able to defeat. Yep. And now they've got a broken Voltron. Whoops. What happens if they get attacked by Predator Robeast again? That may be a bad thing. <laughs> They're in big trouble right now. Right.
1: So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of hmm about what happens next. Um, this episode sets a lot of fun stuff up. I also think just the sheer action-adventure aspect of this episode was a lot of fun. And as much as I kind of poked fun of different pieces and parts of this episode, on the whole, it was a heck of a ride.
0: yeah. So there, yeah, there's there's some things like when they fall from that height, how do they survive? <laughs> yeah. But but you know, other than that kind of stuff, yeah, this was a good episode. Yep, I agree. A lot of fun. Yeah. So um what we saw, uh, we saw a little fight infighting between the team between Alora and Lance and Keith. We got some backstory on Coran and Wade. Uh, we saw some powers that Wade was able to drum up from Voltron that we hadn't seen before, mm-hmm. like that whip. And then we we learned a little bit about Voltron himself with the, uh, the, the fact that his mission is to be the defender of the universe, but his spirit is constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. And then just uh, Vince himself he has grown through this episode right i mean if it wasn't for him they wouldn't have been able to do anything (laughs) that's true it was all
1: vince yeah and but then the combining of vince and daniel's voltcom powers uh may offer a hint uh, at things to come as well so Uh, a lot going on
0: yeah it's this opens up a lot of things so Yeah, so we're looking forward to it. The The next episode we're going to review is called Inside the Music. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, that'll be fun. So that's it. Thank all you for right. joining us for this episode review of Clash of the Lions. All right, that was fun.
1: And uh, it was fun to discuss some uh, Voltron news going on too with new merchandise and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see some more things coming for Voltron. Yes. And, and we'll continue on our episode reviews of Voltron Force. Sounds like fun. So we'll see you all next time on... Let's Voltron!